Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Rinkside Rundown podcast. Your ultimate destination for all things women's hockey with your host, Chris Sinclair. Proud member of the Hockey Podcast Network. Hello and welcome back to episode number five of the Rinkside Rundown podcast. Today, I'm joined by Emily Rookwood, a graduate of the University of New Hampshire and current member of AIK in the SDHL. Emily, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me uh, having me on here. I'm super excited about this. Uh, we were talking off air. Uh, it's taken us a little bit of time to get to this point. But this is one of those interviews where it's like, I, I can't let this go. I need to make sure that we make this happen. So uh, I know you have a very busy schedule and I appreciate you taking the time out of that busy schedule to hang out with me uh, and uh, and get to know you a little bit better and share your story with uh, with all the fans. Yes, of course. I'm excited. Yes. Okay. So before we get started, I actually have a bit of congratulations for you. Now, there's going to be a little bit more later on. But I have a little bit of congratulations for you. And I apologize as I don't even have a card, a thank you card for this. But um, I wanted to say congratulations. You're actually the very first defender I've ever had on the podcast. Awesome. Um, So now I covered all the positions, save the best for last, some would say. So that's great. Yeah, that's fantastic. So congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) Awesome. So uh, we're going to, I mean, start where it all began. Uh, we're going to go way back. Okay. Emily, you were born in Brantford, Ontario, right? And yes. so what was your childhood like? And did you end up uh, like, what was it about hockey or, you know, was it, uh, was hockey big in your family growing up as well? Yeah. So my dad played hockey growing up and I actually was, I started in competitive dance and I wasn't even planning on playing hockey, but my brother was uh, in like a learn to skate and he was not enjoying it at all. And so my parents were like, oh, do you want to go out and try it in his position? Like in a spot, we've kind of already paid for it. Like you might as well go. And I was like, oh, sure. And then I went out and I kind of just fell in love with it and then kind of continued up ever since. But definitely a big hockey family. My brother now plays for Clarkson University too. So definitely a hockey family. Nice. And what was it about uh, about hockey that you just fell in love with? What was it about it specifically that you liked so much? I think the first part that drew me to it initially was like the team aspect of it. Like I loved being around all my friends, getting to see them like probably four or five times a week back then. Um, It was just nice to have something to do outside of school. And then I think, I don't know, just something about like 
being in all the equipment, you know, having to skate on like these little blades, it was just like so interesting to me. So it was definitely something that I was like, I want to continue to do. It's always interesting to hear stories because I know uh, growing up for myself, I definitely uh, enjoyed the idea or the concept of hockey, but was never actually very good at it um, at all. Uh, I'm fine with like, I'm fine with street hockey, but as soon as you put, yeah. as you mentioned, those thin little blades on your feet, uh, that's where it, it's, uh, you know, it kind of goes sideways for me. So what was it like? Um, how did you maybe continue motivating yourself to continue doing it despite maybe some of those struggles that you had? I think my dad kind of coached me all the way growing up. So he was a big part of that motivation. You know, he like never got mad at me for making mistakes or never like anything like that. So he would always encourage me to keep going. He's like, if you make mistakes, that's how you're going to get better. So I didn't really have any of that fear, so to speak, that I would say that some kids like kind of grow up with, you know, you hear people joking about like, oh, the car ride home after a bad game, like everything. Like I didn't have a lot of those experiences, which I'm thankful for. But I think it like to me, it was just fun. I never was like, like not pressured, I guess, but like to do the extra skating and the skill sessions and the power skating, like it was all just like, if you want to do it, you can. So it like put that fun spin on it to me. It was never like a chore to go to the rink or like to go outside and shoot pucks. Like it was all stuff that I wanted to do. Uh, what a difference maker that is, right? Yeah, it's to be able to actually not, it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't feel like a chore. It just feels like something fun, a, a fun hobby, so to speak, that you get to do and you get to just enjoy, right? Yeah, exactly. So showing up to the rink was like my fun extracurricular outside of school. Mm. Uh, well, you kind of mentioned it, but um, who were outside of, your, uh, obviously your dad was a big uh, mentor and support of you. Um, were there any others as you were growing up uh, before, obviously before you got to university or anything like that, but were there any mentors that you had uh, in, early on in your career? Um, I think it was mostly just my dad when he was coaching me all the way up. And then like, I would say kind of my brother, there was always like a competition between us. Um, growing up, we're two years apart, so it was always fun to have little competitions and everything. So I say, he, I would say he kind of pushed me as well and showed me some of his ways of playing the game. So it was good to kind of have that within the family. But I think outside of that, like my whole family was like a huge support, like my grandparents going to every game, like my mom was always trying to be like, I want you to have like a balanced life. Like, cause my dad was so like hockey, hockey, hockey. She's like, like still have fun and still do other things. So like, I think I just had like a good balance of everything. Nice. Okay. Fantastic. And, and was uh defense the, so you're a defender was uh, defense the only position you were ever really interested in, or did you kind of move around? And then what was it about defense that has stuck with you to this point in your career? Um, so I think my dad initially put me on forward. He wanted me to be a forward like my brother, but um, he just said I would always like when you were with your younger teams and you would do like the drills from like one red line to the other red, or goal line to the other goal line. And I would always just turn around and start skating backwards. <laughs> so he was like, OK, we'll try on defense. And then I think for me, like I played soccer, too, and I was always like the sweeper, which is like the last man back. And I think like I just liked being able to see everything and like have that trust that like okay I'm the last one back like if something happens I'll like figure it out kind of thing so like a few times I would play forward and I'm like I don't like it I want to be the last one back I like seeing the whole ice I like seeing what's going on so that's kind of what drew me towards defense nice I I know what drew me to defense was that I didn't have to skate as fast as everyone if I just hung out back uh, hung, hung back uh long enough because by yeah. the time I had skated up the ice they were already skating back so I just yeah. 
I, I, I mean, not, <laughs> I couldn't skate backwards, but I, uh, if I just kept move, if I didn't move, then I would be fine watching the game and being able to, to, to that's why I said, like I said, um, I was better. I've always been better at, um, at street hockey than I have been at, uh, at actual ice hockey. So, um, but I, I respect that. And I, and I appreciate that you've, um, you know, despite the fact that, you know, your dad maybe wanted you to be a forward, you were like, no, this is, I think also being able to see the whole ice, that's something that, uh, that's, that's really underrated. Eh? Yeah, definitely. And it's a lot less skating than forward. So that's a plus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, that resonates with me. So yeah. I feel like, <laughs> um, all right. So we're going to get into a little bit of, uh, there's a number of accolades I could share with you. If mm-hmm. I share them all, then that would be the entirety of this podcast. <laughs> You've had quite a few. Uh, you won a U18 Women's World Championship bronze medal mm-hmm. uh, for Team Canada. First of all, obviously, a huge congratulations. That must have been an incredible experience. Could you tell me a little bit about what that was like? Yeah, it was, it's still to this day, like, is indescribable. But I think, like, anytime you get to put on the Maple Leaf and represent your country, it's, like, an amazing feeling. And, like, the tournament was in Russia, which is somewhere I probably would have never been able to travel to if it weren't for that tournament. And I think just, like, spending those, like, three weeks, I think it was with, like, that group of girls and, like, the staff like everyone was just so amazing and I think it was an experience I'll take with me forever and obviously playing at like a high level of hockey and getting to meet people I would have never met before so I think it's just something that I'll take with me forever. What was the uh, experience obviously the it's it's one thing the experience on the ice but what were some of the things you did off the ice that you that still that's that's something you still remember? Like at the tournament? Yeah at the tournament sorry yeah. Um, I would say we got to go see Moscow. So that was really cool. Like just we had a few days off to kind of travel around and like all of our parents were there. So I think like every day we got to see them for like two hours or so. So it was nice to have that incorporated in. But I think like just doing everything as a team, like even we would walk to our games and like before the bronze medal game, like I have a video of like the lineup outside of the building was like crazy. It was like all the way backed up to the street and like people like cheering they, people at our hotel, like outside of our balcony, like cheering for us. And like, those are things that I would have never been able to experience before. And just like the environment of it all and like going to the team meals together, like the little things are what like sticks with me the most. And I think like the last night as a team, after we won bronze, like we all got McDonald's, like just little things like that, that I uh, just will never forget. And do you have, uh, have you been able to maintain your friendship with a lot of those, uh, a lot of your teammates from that, uh, from that team? Yeah, definitely. I think like there was a handful of them that I played junior with. So it was really like special to be able to share that with them too. But there's still a bunch of the girls that I like keep in contact to with, keep in contact with to this day. And like obviously social media and stuff, seeing them like in the PWHL or playing in Europe. So it's kind of nice to have been able to follow their path after that tournament. And now, a word from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by Durant Barristers. Durant Barristers is a proud supporter of women's sports and is an inaugural sponsor of the Rinkside Rundown podcast. Durant Barristers provides legal services for athletes, coaches, officials, administrators, and sports associations of all sizes, from minor associations to national sports organizations and professional sports environments. We routinely assist with safe sport complaints, investigations, anti-doping, harassment, discrimination, abuse, and governance matters. 
We also provide representation on general civil litigation matters, including employment and business disputes of all sizes. Durant Barrister's founder, Aaron Durant, also provides mediation and arbitration services to assist in managing disputes in a timely and affordable manner. Durant Barristers has generously offered their best ever discount to fans and supporters of women's hockey. Mention the Rinkside Rundown podcast to, wait for it, receive 15% off all your accounts with Durant Barristers for the duration of your relationship with the firm. To learn more about Durant Barristers, visit www.durantbarristers.com. That's www.durant. B-A-R-R-I-S-T-E-R-S dot com. Thank you to Durant Barristers for sponsoring this episode. And now, back to the show. What would you say or how would you say that tournament and that overall experience helped to shape your career? I think it really just put like all the pieces together, if that makes sense. Like when you're playing growing up, it's a lot of just like, oh, going to the rink. Like I said, it's kind of like an extracurricular activity. And like you just have practice and then maybe you work or go to school. But like being in that tournament, that's when like all the other pieces started to come together, like starting the off ice training, like nutrition, all this stuff, even like preparing for the time change. Like they had us like up at like 4 a.m. say with like the lights in front of us to help adjust us like just such like advanced stuff that was just so cool to me as like a 17 year old. And it really started to show me like the important aspects outside of just being on the ice. Nice. And that's, those are some of those things that you've still be able, been able to uh, carry on even uh, as you've, uh, your career has moved uh, at this point into, into Sweden. Yeah, definitely. I think those are like little tips and tricks you learn along the way that I still to this day will implement in my like game day routine or just everyday life. Nice. Okay. And I feel like this is a, this is a ultimately a perfect segue um, mm-hmm. because you, uh, as I had mentioned off the top, you had attended the University of New Hampshire. You played for the Wildcats. Yes. Um, and again, I'm, this is where I get the opportunity, and I love this part of the show, where I get to kind of pump your tires and get you really, uh, you know, get, give you an opportunity to kind of, uh, you know, relive some of these things, but also appreciate you for, for your skill and what you were able to accomplish during your collegiate career. Um, so you majored in health and physical education. Yes. And... Over your five seasons with the University of New Hampshire Wildcats, you played in 165 games. You scored 54 points. And in your final season uh, with the Wildcats, you had a team high 63 block shots, which tied you, fun fact, for 14th in the nation in block shots. You were also a two-time OHCA All-American Scholar in 2021, 20, uh, sorry, 2020 and 2021, along with a three-time uh, Hockey East All-Academic Team 2019, 2020, 2021. Like I said, there's a long list of accolades here. Oh, and don't forget, you're actually ranked number one in team history in games played. So congratulations. How does that feel? Yeah, it's it's incredible. I don't think I've never heard it back like that before, but like just kind of listening to it when you're in the moment and like you see your teammates getting some of the same awards, you're like, okay, this is cool. But like kind of hearing it all back and like realizing over my five years that it definitely had an impact on me and I hope I had an impact on the program. It's definitely cool to hear. Nice. Okay, great. That's why I was like to bring this up again. It gives you an opportunity to, you know, like sometimes 
in life, things happen so fast that you don't always get that opportunity to reflect, right? So this is a great yeah. chance to reflect, but also celebrate uh, an incredible athlete. So congratulations. Thank you. Um, uh, first of all, I feel like there's this is going to be an obvious answer, um, but I still want to ask the question regardless. What was it um, that made you choose um, health and physical education? I think for me, I was talking to schools at such a young age and like, I, I think it was like 14 or 15 and I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do, but I like knew I loved sports and my mom's a teacher and I love like working with kids and like being able to pass on my knowledge. So I remember just like scrolling through the list of majors at UNH when I was trying to decide and I saw like, I'm pretty sure it's one of the only schools or one of the many little few that have health and physical education as in major. And so I was like, yep, yeah, that's the one, like I'm doing that. I like teaching phys ed for the rest of my life and being able to play sports. Like you can't go wrong with that. Yeah. That's kind of, I, I figured as I, as I was thinking about this, I was like, she's probably just going to say, because like she's already in sports. So it would just be a natural segue for her to, yeah. you know, study. And like you, you have that prior experience. So that's why I yeah. said, I feel like it's an obvious answer, but uh, you, you answered it significantly more profoundly. So I, 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 I appreciate that. Um, what went into your decision to, 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 to go to New Hampshire? For me, I met with the coaches and what their like coaching philosophy was really lined up with kind of the player that I was. And then obviously the campus and the rink are beautiful. And the Olympic size ice was another big thing for me. They did end up taking it down. Uh, my last year, but playing on the Olympic size ice for four years, being the only school in the country with that ice was huge for me for someone who likes to skate. So I think just a combination of things, um, especially the campus itself was just gorgeous. Nice. Fair, fair. Uh, what was that? What Overall, what was the experience like for you um, at, uh, at New Hampshire? And, and uh, just like before with your experience in the, with the international team, how do you think that also helped to shape your game? I, for me at UNH, I came in as a defensive or an offensive defenseman. So like in junior, I was just like more focused on like points and like jumping in the rush and everything. And my first couple of years at UNH, I like, that's all I knew. So I kind of focused on that. But I think as I got into my fifth year, you know, like you said, leading the team in blocks, like penalty kill, all that stuff. I really like grew my defensive game. So I think I overall became a more like 200 foot player, which like is obviously important for defense. So it definitely helped my game overall. And I think like within my five years, you know, going through COVID, all that stuff, like it just taught me to kind of like battle through adversity and things don't always go your way, but like there is a light at the end of the tunnel and it was a lot of ups and downs, but like, I think it's made me who I am and like it helped me go through a lot and realize a lot about me as a person and a player. So I'm thankful for the the roller coaster, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes the roller coaster sucks in the moment, but in the long run, you're like, ah, man, that was kind of worth yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you alluded to it. So you've been, this is great. You've been setting me up with the, the segues. This is fantastic. Um, you had kind of touched upon a little bit of your style of play, but mm -hmm. I would love to learn a little bit more about your outlook on or your perspective on your style of play. And I guess evidently how it's evolved from being more, offensive to now being maybe a little bit more defensive yeah overall I would say I'm still offensive like if if I were to watch a game that's how I would kind of categorize myself but 
I've definitely took more of a focus on the defensive side too, because like you need to be a well-rounded player to make it far. So I think it's important for me. I realize like the offense comes from the defense. So like most of the times if I would jump up in the rush, it was because first I would block a shot and then I would be able to jump up in the rush and it would be a three on two against their D. And so I feel like that really contributed to my offense. So I think overall it's just helped me like on the, I guess I would say on the score sheet or like the statistics, not like so many minuses <laughs> and now I'm like more even. So it's definitely been, it's been good. And I'm thankful for UNH for kind of showing me that and helping me grow that side of my game. Yeah. And I'm, and uh, you know, not to deviate too much, but I, I, I assume that wasn't necessarily something you were expecting when you went there, right? That, you, that they would help shape your game in a, in a very unexpected way. Yeah, no, I definitely thought, because when I initially talked to the coaches, they were like, yeah, like, we love offensive defensemen. We want you to jump in the rush. Like, we want to use our points. So I was like, okay, perfect. Like, that's what I'll do. But I think, like, my role grew more, too. Like, because when you're a freshman, you know, there's three, four sometimes classes above you that have gone through that, and they're the penalty killers, and they're the end-of-the-game players. And then as I grew, like, going through the years, that kind of became my role as well. So it kind of just, like, forced me to become that player, too. And now, a word from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by sports nutritionist Melissa Bifunos of MB Performance Nutrition. As a former competitive hockey player turned nutritionist, Melissa's mission is to help the next generation of hockey players optimize their health and diets so they can perform their best on and off the ice. Ready to dominate on the ice? Melissa's new course, The Hockey Nutrition Blueprint, is opening soon. If you're serious about learning how nutrition can impact performance and building actionable nutrition strategies based on your unique needs as an elite hockey player, get on the wait list today. Learn more and sign up at melissabafunos.com slash course. That's M-E-L-I-S-S-A-B-O-U-F-O-U-N-O-S dot com slash course. Thank you to Melissa Bufunos for sponsoring this episode. And now, back to the show. Before I move on to a few other questions, I once again, I always appreciate the fact that you've taken the time to hang out and chat with me today and again, tell your story. So I just wanted to uh, say how much I appreciate uh, you. This came together and it's fantastic and I've been looking forward to it. Again, you have a really busy schedule and you've taken the time to hang out with me. So just once again, thank you so much for that. That just, this does really mean a lot to me. So thank you. Yeah, of course. Um, who were some of your role models growing up, whether it was in hockey, uh, maybe it was a player that you were, uh, you kind of looked towards as being kind of how you want to mold your game, or maybe it was outside of hockey, uh, maybe not even a coach or something like that. Maybe it's just a friend or you know, who were some of those role models that you, uh, that you looked up to growing up? The player that I kind of tried to mimic my game with was Laura Fortino. She's kind of from where I'm from, like 20 minutes or so. So I would actually be able to go on the ice with her sometimes. And she was kind of that offensive defenseman. So that was, she was like a great skater. So that was somebody who I was kind of like looked up to. And I was like, that's how I want to play my game. But I think like outside of, like a hockey itself um probably obviously my dad he kind of 
he was a player. I remember watching him. He still played when I was a, like a little girl. So I would go to his games and watch all of that. So it was obviously cool to see that. And then I think my, my high school phys ed teacher was my like high school hockey coach, which was more so just like for fun. It wasn't as serious as it is for like the States, but she was like, obviously my phys ed teacher and the coach. And I think she just like, she always talked about how amazing it was to be able to like coach hockey and like play sports all day and like build relationships with like her students and everything. So she was the one that kind of like pushed me to go in the direction that I chose. So I would say those three people are the main ones for me. Uh, maybe that was also uh, your, your uh, phys ed teacher was also maybe uh, subconsciously planted the seed that maybe that's a career option for you moving forward. Yeah, Is that fair? yeah no. definitely. Yeah. Um, I have to ask the mm-hmm. new PWHL, what are your thoughts? I would love to hear your thoughts on the PWHL and what that means to you. Yeah, I think it's amazing. You know, obviously I'm over here in Europe, but through social media and stuff, I'm still seeing the games and I have friends who are playing in the league. And I think it's incredible the amount of fans they're getting. And it's doing so much for women's hockey, like seeing the videos of like the little girls there being like, now we have something to look forward to. Like, I just remember my freshman year of college, I was talking to my dad and I'm like, like, this could be my last like five years of hockey, like, or four years at the time. I was like, like, this is kind of it for me. Unless like you make the national team, there was really nowhere to play. So even just looking back on that conversation four years ago and now seeing what like it's turned into is just amazing. And I'm, I'm so glad that like the young girls have something to look forward to now. And it must feel uh, absolutely, and it must feel incredible now that you can look at uh, look at this as a potential. Um, your your career doesn't necessarily only have to be in Europe; it can still yeah. be in North America. How does that feel? Yeah, it's it's definitely awesome because um, you know going to school ten hours away it was always far, and I mean now I'm even further now. But to have the option to go back home and potentially play for like Toronto or Ottawa, that's like, you know, six hours away, Toronto, an hour away and have be able to have like my grandparents come to the games again, like they did when I was 16, 17 would just be awesome. Well, you alluded to it. And I have to ask, is that something that you would uh, you would consider uh, doing maybe as you your career uh, as a bit of a career adjustment or a career change for you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think for me, I always wanted to be close to home. So my goal would be to go back to North America I think when the time is right, if, if the opportunity presents itself, but I mean, for my time being now, I'm loving Sweden. I'm loving everybody here. Like it's been an awesome experience. So. Once again, you've set me up with the perfect segue. So I appreciate this. It's, we didn't rehearse this and that's why it's great. (laughs) Um, Well, this is your first season with AIK of the SDHL. Um, Let's start off with what was maybe this isn't another obvious answer, but what what went into the decision to play specifically with them? So I, I initially, this was kind of like, this wasn't my initial plan to come to Sweden. I was actually signed in the PHF before everything kind of happened. But I think after the PHF shut down, I had to make the decision of, do I want to wait it out or do I want to come to Europe? And after talking with like my family and my agent, they were like, I think Europe's the best option. And I was like, okay. And it was so late. Like it was probably middle or end of July. And most teams here come out August 1st. So I was like stressed and I was talking to my agent and he was like, yeah, most teams are going to be full now. Like they're heading out in like a week to report to their camps and stuff. So I was like, oh no. And then he like eventually 
like AIK reached out and they were like, Oh, we have a spot. And I was like, that's amazing. And so I was like, I talked with the coach and like, he was, he was awesome. He was so nice. He was so welcoming. And I was like, yes, this seems like a great fit for me. And I didn't really know much about like the SDHL or like AIK at all, but now like coming here and seeing like how proud everyone is to like wear the AIK logo and like being able to go watch the men's games and like soccer games and just seeing like the community is, is incredible. And like, obviously I get to be right in Stockholm, which is super cool my parents came out to visit and we got to walk around Stockholm so it worked out well and I I think I've I've talked about it before but like this is something that's definitely out of my comfort zone so I think I wouldn't have done this on my own but with the way things kind of happened it it pushed me to do this and like I'm so thankful it did because I've been able to travel I've met like people I would have never met so it's been great yeah and and, uh often when you do the things that are least comfortable for you you learn the most uh not a not only about the experience but about yourself and yeah. it sounds like that's absolutely been the case in this situation eh? oh yeah 100 percent. you know being here even with the time change like trying to talk to people back home it's been tough and it's been an adjustment like even i joke about like public transportation like i would have never learned how to take that but it's actually such a great skill to have so like just little things that i never would have thought of have just like this has made it a great experience for me Fantastic. And I, I would love to know a little bit more about your what it's been like, your experience playing in Sweden. You've kind of touched on a few of the points, but I'd love for you to kind of uh, share um, a little bit more about what it's been like to uh, to play in Sweden. I mean, it's I think the like atmosphere of it all is just incredible to start. Like if I'll post videos on TikTok or anyone that, or like Instagram, people will be like, go AIK, like all this stuff. So it's just it's great to see that. But I think they have the Olympic size ice here too, which I, I love. And I think it just is such like a close community. Like the coaches are just like always checking in, like, are you okay? How are you doing? Like, they're so caring and they want to build those relationships with you. And like the hockey is a great high level hockey where like, I'm, I get to be on a team with people from like eight other countries. So it's, it's definitely a cool experience. I get to like hear all these other languages and like, it seems like little things, but I'm like, like I'm only ever used to hearing English and like, it's just, it's just been crazy to me. I can't even put it into words, but I think overall the hockey has been like a great high level hockey. And so I'm excited to kind of see how the rest of the season goes. Yeah. Well, I mean, Sweden is definitely a hotbed for, for hockey, both (laughs) men's and women's. So it it doesn't surprise me to hear you say some of those things. What are, what are some of your favorite things about playing in Sweden, both I mean, you've kind of explained, especially the, the Olympic size ice, I, you know, as someone who's you're used to that from your from your university day, university days. But what are some of those favorite things that you like doing maybe off the ice? Uh, definitely. I think traveling and with us being one league in Sweden, like we have traveled all over Sweden, like some games we have to fly to some are like an eight hour bus ride. And then, of course, we got like the teams that are two to three hours away. And then we have like the Stockholm teams, which is always a fun game. Those are like the rivalry days. They call them like derby games. And like, it's just insane. Like the rival- rivalry between the two teams, like that's a cool, another cool experience to have. And it's, I feel like it's a very calm game over here. Like it's a lot of patience with the puck, which I like. That's more my style. And I don't know, it's just overall been, it's been cool. And I think like I really fit into the style of play here. And um, I, I've had the um, 
I've been fortunate enough to be able to connect with a few players from Sweden. And one of the things that they always say is how much they enjoy Fika. Have you had a yes. chance to, yeah. <laughs> have you yeah. had a chance to experience Fika? Yes. Yes. It's our, we, on our team. We have like, if it's your birthday, you have to bring Fika to the rink. So we get Fika lots. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's always one of those things where it's like, Oh, I love Fika and how like, relaxed and chill yes. everyone is which is in stark contrast to anything you'd experience over here in uh, north america yeah it's very different and i think like again like the public transportation like it's just so normal for everyone and we talk about with girls on our team like they're like yeah we have one car for our whole family and we're like what like we have like three like people are like we have three or four like everyone in our like family gets one and it's just like such a slower like lifestyle and it's like you said much calmer and everyone's like so nice no one's in a rush to get anywhere like even just walking on the streets like there's no car horns like it's just so relaxed and it's it's been nice nice it's uh every time i have these conversations it uh it it continues to bump sweden up my yeah. list of uh tourist yeah. destinations for sure yeah. oh yeah it's beautiful here and now a word from our sponsor this episode is sponsored by DraftKings. Looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58? DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn 5 bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Thank you to DraftKings for sponsoring this episode. And now, back to the show. All right. And with that, we're going to go into our last segment, which is, uh, you know, everyone loves a good game, right? So we're going to yes. play a little bit of a game. And everyone loves 20 questions. Um, <laughs> I promise you, though, it is not actually 20 questions. <laughs> Um, cause we could be here for a long time with that. Um, but I have about five questions that, um, are both hockey related as well as a little bit more about you. Uh, okay. so let's get into it. Okay. Alrighty. Uh, what is your go-to pregame meal? I always eat pasta with some rosé sauce and then I throw some like ground chicken or like meatballs in there. Okay, fantastic. Um, I've also heard, and I bring this up every time, uh, specifically with the pasta answer, is I've heard if you do Alfredo and pesto sauce on your uh, pasta, apparently it's next level. Wow, I'm going to have to try that. I love pasta, so. Yeah, so there you go. Try that out uh, and get back to me because I still haven't tried that out yet. <laughs> yeah. um, do you have any uh, superstitions or pregame rituals that are like a must for you? You put the uh, right skate on first, you, you know, whatever it may be. Um, I wouldn't say like superstitions or like that I have to do it. I try and always just be like easygoing because the more I think, I feel like the worse I play. But I definitely like before each game, I like to tape my stick 
and I like to like Theragun my legs. And then other than that, I've been playing spike ball recently, so I'm enjoying that. I would say that's becoming more of a ritual as well. I have always wanted to play uh, spike ball. I did it once and I was terrible at it. And I, and I just, I wanted, I want to give it another try, but that one time that I played, I was absolutely awful. Yeah. It took me a while to get used to it, but then once you get the hang of it, it's, it's fun. It seems like there's too much going on. That's that there's yeah, just too much to pay attention to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you weren't playing hockey, I think you've probably answered this already, but I'll ask it anyways. What, what career choice would you make, whether it's in hockey, whether it's outside of hockey? Ooh, I think I obviously like being a phys ed teacher, but I'm also really interested in coaching. So I think like, ideally, I think it would be awesome to be at like a prep school where I could teach phys ed and coach. But I think those would be my, my two. Nice. I always like to know that uh, you, you're involved in hockey uh, mm-hmm. as your career and that even after retirement, you continue that because you have mm-hmm. a ton of experiences, right? Yes, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what does Emily do to relax and unwind after a long day? I think recently my roommate and I, we just go hang out in our kitchen and we sit and we just like kind of talk about whatever, or we just even just sit there in each other's presence and like scroll through TikTok or something. But I think just after like a busy day, it's nice to just kind of sit down and relax with each other and be able to like debrief the day. Yeah. And just kind of shut off and not have to like kind of do things that are mindless. Yeah. 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 I feel you. Um, And lastly, what do you miss most about back home? I would say my like my parents doing the little things for me like you you don't realize how much they do until you have to live on your own but like going to the grocery store like that's a big chore (laughs) especially when you don't have a car like you got to walk to the grocery store and and back so and I think just like making meals and like my dad will always bring me like a tea in the morning and like that's something where I'm like I gotta make my own tea now (laughs) and it's just little things but I think just like being around my family and like joking with my brother and like having those family moments. Uh, have you had a chance to connect with your, cause you're, you said your brother's at Clarkson, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, have you had a chance to kind of connect with him often and, and find out how his season's going? Yeah. He's brutal at answering his phone, but sometimes I'll get like a, a FaceTime call from him. So we've talked a few times here and there, but he's enjoying himself there. So. Wonderful. All right. Well, that wraps up today. Emily, I wanted to say a big thank you for, again, taking the time to hang out with me today. You've been amazing. This has been so much fun. Uh, I hope to be able to do it again throughout the season. So please, let's make sure we stay in touch because that would be great to kind of get a, uh, you know, maybe a a postseason recap of how Emily did this season. Yeah, for sure. And of course, thank you for having me on. I'm excited. I'm excited to watch it back and see how it went. Absolutely. This is fantastic. It's been great. So don't worry. (laughs) Um, uh, And there you have it for Emily Rickwood. I'm Chris Sinclair. And this has been episode number five of the Rinkside Rundown podcast. Cheers.